That is the prettiest children's director I've ever seen. <laughs> Guys, want to welcome you to GPC and on a great day today. There's some other announcements I'll give at the end. They're going to remind me, especially about two services coming up on January 31st. Early in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning to 10.15 and then 10.45 to 12 o'clock. And for guys who love football, you'll be home for the first game. And then the games are almost over anyway. And don't worry, because Dallas is not in it. So um, had to get that in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. Let me go back to being religious. Anyway, uh, (laughs) welcome. We're starting a new series today called Small Things, Big Difference. You know, I love the new year. How many love the new year? Fresh start. New things are coming on. We'll all have new plans of what we're going to do how we're going to get and accomplish that, which we put in our heads and put on the list. Amen? And then you're going to look at last year's list and get discouraged that you didn't hit any of it. So you move 2014 to 15, right? Then 15 to 16. How many am I talking to this morning? So you really haven't accomplished much. But we want to talk about the difference of trying to do something so huge and get frustrated and bring it down to the small things, the small things that really make a big difference in our lives. You know, growing up as, as a, in, um, in public school in New York and in grade school, we had to do the, what we call the President's uh, Fitness Program in gym class. That's when we had gym. They don't have PE anymore. And uh, there were some guys that were in my class ahead of me that I was always looked up to. These guys can jump so high because I wanted to play sports, basketball, and run track and all that. These guys can seem like they can just jump out the gym. And I would ask them, I said, God, how come you guys can jump? And then when I was growing up, they said, if you wanted to jump high, you had to put these 10-pound weights on. Then you had to walk around with them all day. And you had to get and, and do all this work to jump high. And then you had to wear high-top sneakers so you wouldn't get hurt. So I did all that, you know, Chuck Taylor, Converse, the weights, wardos, and all I did was hurt my hip. <laughs> so I asked this guy, I said, what do you do to jump? He says, what do I do? He says this, I actually spend 10 minutes a day jumping on one leg at a time. Because I said, you never wear high-top sneakers. He said, no. Because when I jump on my, my right, on my left foot for 10 minutes a day, I strengthen my calves and I strengthen my ankles. He said, you do that for about a year, and then you'll see the difference. And you know, I saw the difference able to jump, have a great time. All the work I was doing. But when I looked at them, I said, because I wanted to wear the weights and wanted to wear the sneakers and make sure it's about, all about the shoes, if I can jump high, and it wasn't about that. It was something small that made a big difference in sports. You know, uh, how, many of you know have, how many of you love classic cars? You see them sometime in Abilene, and you're like, I want that car. How great it looks after being 30 years old. Well, if you ask one of those guys... They'll tell you, how'd you keep the car so long? They'll say, one thing, we keep the oil changed. The second thing is, you don't see me in my garage every other day waxing it and waxing it and, and cleaning it and waxing it. That's why for 30 years, it like it has the same original paint job. Because you have small things that we don't see make a big difference. And that's what we're going to talk about walking with guys, the small things for the next four weeks that make a big difference. Here's the takeaway. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. 
She's the small things that no one sees that results in the big things that everyone wants. I talked about I want to be a guy who can jump out the gym. I want to have a car that lasts for all those little things or make a big difference is what I want to aspire to. How many know people you want to be like them in some, in some aspect? Remember that old campaign, I want to be like Mike? I don't think you're going to get up every morning and shoot 100, 100 baskets before breakfast, at lunch, and in the evening. The small things no one sees it makes a big things, results in the big things that everyone wants. And what I want to do is share a scripture with you about how we can view small things. It comes out of Zechariah chapter 4, starting in verse 6. And I want to give you just a little backdrop on it before I share the scripture with you. Because basically, it's about the children of Israel. If you know anything about the children of Israel, they actually... Um, after they had to go in captivity for 70 years for being disobedient. And they had, after 70 years, they're all going back. And this scripture captures one guy, Zerubbabel. He's the, he was one of the governors who was going to go back and bring the children of Israel back into the land. About 42,000 people, compared to over a million people left, 42,000 came back. So it was a small remnant. But they were going to do big things and make a big difference in people's lives. And they were going back to rebuild the center of society, which is the temple of God. And when you capture this, Zerubbabel had to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm bringing these people back to build something that was fantastic, was destroyed in 586 B.C. And here we are in 539 trying to rebuild something that was burned, just charred, everything taken out. And this is what's his responsibility. But God called him to do it. Remember, when God calls you to do something, he's going to see you through it. So let's look at the things that, some of the things in here. In Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. It says, then he said to me, the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by my might, nor my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You know, when you try to make changes in your life and you try to use your own strength, how long, it doesn't last long, does it? Kind of get weary. In the year, like, I didn't get it done. Here's Zechariah with a big project, and God was showing him how he's going to get it accomplished. He said, you can try all your best all day long to make all the changes we want, but when you tap into God's spirit, there's a power that's beyond our own. And he said, not going to be by your power, not going to be by your might, which that might word means, might means basically wealth and influence. It's not going to be by your intellect. It's not going to be being clever. It's only going to be by my spirit, says the Lord. See, it's God's power, not human strength, that makes the impossible situation he was in actual. See, when God enforces us to do something, it's always something impossible, but then he wants to make it actual. And how does he do that? Through his spirit. How many know if you didn't have the spirit of God, you would have a lot of trouble with your children? You cannot raise your children without the Holy Spirit. Because when they raise back in the flesh, the Spirit says, put your hands down because you're just looking at someone who looks just like you. <laughs> and that's what happens. He's talking about in this scripture here, God provides constant and sufficient power. And I want to show you something. that, um, And some of you might get it and some of you won't because we're in a day and age that no one fixes anything anymore. You know, unless you go to YouTube 
And if you're a guy and you're married, you better learn how to fix stuff. Well, think about the, the screwdriver as the flesh. And this is what we used to work on before we had that, you know, back in the day. You know, snow shovels that you didn't have, you didn't get on and ride. And you had lawnmowers that you pushed without engines and stuff. You know, I, yeah, I'm ancient, man. I'm really ancient. <laughs> and we would sit there. How many guys can attest to that? And your wife said, you done yet? <laughs> Working on it. Working on it. Your arm's hurting, but you don't want to tell her, I don't want to do this. Anyway, you're doing this, and it's wearing you out. And then, I don't know what year, a man's dream. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, this is on low. Man, and you take that same drill. Done. NFL playoffs, here I come. But you forget, when you're so good at it, she gives you more work. And you go, in the flesh, we try to live our lives, we're wearing ourselves out. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, see, and then you just run out of battery power. This is me. Go pray. Recharge. She's talking about Jerubbabel. That you're going to build this temple, but only through my power. Not by your intellect, you're, you're being clever. Not by your strength, you'll frustrate yourself. It's only by my power he calls us to live by. Everything we're doing, this is the foundation of this, of this whole sermon series. Power of the Holy Spirit working through us. You guys can't take that because Miss Donna bought me that. So he said, not by my power, not by my spirit. Verse 7 says this. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Y'all shall become a plain. He shall bring forward the top. Stone amidst shouts of grace to it. And he's what he's saying here, basically, when God calls someone to do something, there's no force on earth that can stop a person through the will of God. To take care of what he needs. A person through the will of God is unstoppable. And where do we find the will of God? In the word of God. When you get the word of God and you're working in the will of God, you're unstoppable. Think about it. Working and tell you, and he said, no mountain. Remember we sung that song a few months, weeks ago. Nothing. Not, not solid, that huge that God can't level. That God can't level. Whatever obstacle working through God becomes an opportunity. And when he talks about I supply the top stone, that's a capstone. He's talking about the, the cornerstone. When God supplies something, and in, in, the, in the New Testament, he said that is a type and cast of Christ. Whatever you build, Christ is the cornerstone of everything we're doing. Because he supplies the Holy Spirit. Everything, and you know, whatever you build, whatever is going to work, will be there permanent, because the capstone God puts on there through His Spirit. So everything, your marriage, have to have the capstone of God. Your job, when you're working, the capstone of God. Your whole life, your found. He's to have a capstone. If there's not a capstone there, you're going to build crooked. 
because it keeps everything straight. You stop, You ever put fence up in Texas and you put the pickets up and you're so proud of yourself when you're this close? It looks great. Then you stand out looking like, oh, my gosh. And you, what do you got to do? You got to rip them all out until you put a line there. And you got one by one. And that capstone, that one corner has to be straight. That's what God is talking about. All the men are like, yeah, this is fantastic. And it talks about at the end there, they're going to start glorifying God. And that takes you back to Isaiah, I mean, Ezra chapter 3, when they actually put the foundation down. And it said people, some people cheered, but he said the priests and the, the older folks got upset because it wasn't what it used to be. And they cried. Here's the thing. They forgot. Our latter rain is going to be better than our former rain. <laughs> it's going to be greater. Don't let the past mess up your present and kill your future. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be a greater glory in this temple. That's what he's talking about, grace to it, grace to it. Verses 8 and 9 says this. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, The hands of Jerubal have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you'll know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. When he's looking out here, he's saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, yeah, Jerusalem, yeah, going too fast. Jerubal, when you laid the foundation, I was with you. When you put the roof on, I'm with you. And isn't it amazing whenever God calls you to put something together, he already knows the end from the beginning. And all we got to do is follow out the plan. How many love that? Because you see a box and you want to build something and you want it to look like the box. Does it, really doesn't look like the box. And you have extra parts behind you like, what happened? And your wife says, what happened? Nothing. And she already knows. The instructions are still in plastic. <laughs> and God didn't help you with that. You did. So you need the Holy Spirit to help you, her, to take it all apart and put it all back together. Amen? No amens. <laughs> Men are perfect. Again, you can come build stuff at my house. Because God finishes what he starts goes to Philippians 1 6 when he began to work in you will bring it to completion like you young people in college you know the third year you get kind of what am I here this is getting tough God puts you as a freshman he's going to see you as a fantastic senior he puts you there yeah you nursing students like really really (laughs) really you can guarantee it because I have not read anything that God has lied about Verse 10 says this, whoever has despised the days of small beginnings shall rejoice and see the plumb line in the hand of the Lord's Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord which range from the whole earth. And basically what he's saying, the whole compass of this is don't despise the day of small things. See, God rejoices when work begins, and he really rejoices when it completes. Because, again, we love the big things, but he loves the small things. I think what Ms. Dean said about um, the seed in the ground. You know, a mustard seed you can hardly see, but you can see the results of it in about five years. He always starts something small in us so he can grow something big in us. So whatever you start, don't look at the small things. Just look at prophetically what it's going to become, what God said it's going to become. Because the end is always glorious. And our lot of rain is a whole lot better than our former. 
Because, as you know, again, it's, it's often that the small things that no one sees that results in the big thing that everyone wants. You know, when you read the Bible, you see a couple guys. You know, remember David killed Goliath? It's amazing. Big old nine-foot, nine-foot giant, nine-foot wide, nine-foot tall, big dude. Here I am, a little ruddy kid with a slingshot and a staff. But they forgot. David, the small things we don't see when he is as a shepherd, right? He's a shepherd, and when the lions and the bears will come up and take the lambs, he will go to their den, kill them, and take the lamb back. Now, y'all just watched the movie that came out, Reverend, and you watched a guy get mauled by a bear. Now, it was David. He would took that bear by the back of his head and wore him out. The movie went over in 10 minutes. <laughs> see, here's the thing. By the power of God, he did that. And then we see the big thing. I want to be like David. You know where you start? As a shepherd. You want to lift weights? You know where you start? Five pounds. She's the big things that we want. But we forget the small things that no one sees. The other one is, you know, Daniel. Remember Daniel in the lion's den? That had to be neat. Laying there and, hey, lion. He read it. He had eaten in days. Thrown in his pit. They're having a Bible study. King ain't sleeping. Daniel's hanging out with the lions. King had to wake up. You okay, Daniel? Yeah, I'm fine. What's up? You want to get me out of here right now? Because got to go pray. Why? We don't forget that part. We want to be like Daniel, have the the guts, I mean, the um, the, um, the courage of Daniel. But we forgot Daniel's the guy three times a day. He stopped and he prayed. What can a man and woman do? that stops three times a day and pray to their God. Unstoppable. So he was spirit-empowered to do those great things. But we always look at the big, great things, but we kind of forget the small things that got them to the great thing. Make sense? Because it's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things everyone wants. You know, John Wooden, if you look at John Wooden, I love his books. He... Uh, great author. He uh, did a wooden on leadership. He said, you know, it's the little things that are vital. Little things make a big difference, make big things happen. And when he said, if you go want to play for him and you're ready to go and do basketball, he have you sit down. Okay. Now, take your shoes off. I thought we were going to play basketball. No. Take your shoes off. Now take your socks off. Really? I came to play basketball. He said, no one knows how to put their socks on properly and their shoes on properly because midseason they come up with blisters and they can't play. The small things matter. Matter to God. We saw the big things, the championship runs. But you ask a player, where did it all start? Man, I had to take my socks off. And put, my, and put them back on and put my, learn how to put my sneakers on properly. And we're not talking about the sneakers they got now, the Cadillac. These are talking about Chuck Taylor Converse. And some of y'all are like, what are you talking about? It's the ones that's in the fancy stores for 50 bucks. used to cost only $9.99. <laughs> so, so what we're going to do, this is the foundation of our series. In the next three weeks, we're going to unpack this. And I want you, to, want you to invite some people who need to hear this. You know, next week we're going to talk about really, there's three things we're going to talk about in the next coming weeks. Our thoughts, our words, our habits. Our thoughts, our words, our habits. You say, why? Our thoughts become, our words become 
our actions. Actions become our, I'm sorry, thoughts become our words. Words become our action. Action becomes our destiny. So you got to start with a thought life. So next week when we talk about thoughts, it's because a person, as a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. But he said in Philippians 3.13, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straying toward what lies ahead. Forgetting what lies behind, I'm not going to lie, you know, because he had to forgive a lot of people who ever stoned him and left him for dead. I mean, that's kind of unforgivable, isn't it? He had to forgive them and press toward the goal. The upward call he had. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I'm going to share that in a minute. That's what he said. It's amazing. You know, every year I do a word for me. So I can stay, you know, the last two years I kept one word, grow. And boy, did God work that pretty good. Just had to figure out how that was working. I thought sit in the classroom and learn. No, it was another way. And you, if you ask for God to grow or you ask for patience, he'll teach you. Anyway, um, the word that God showed me was a personal word was reach, which is a word for the church. Reach. The scripture I just shared with you with Paul says this in Philippians 3.13. But I do not count myself to apprehend it. But one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. The reason why I picked this word, because we're a 26-year-old church, and we have good history, and we have bad history. But I cannot go over the history anymore. You ever try to drive your car looking in the rearview mirror? Won't you? Don't try that in the parking lot. Please don't try that. <laughs> Bam! And what it is, looking in the past is like looking in the rearview mirror. Now, rearview mirrors are used to glance in, not live in. You glance at them, but you look out the windshield where it's bright and it's something new. And it says on 14 that we want to reach beyond my comfort zone, reach beyond what everything of faith, reaching our community, reaching people to the higher call that God had called this church. And that means I got to get anything out of everything I can't reach with. If it's dead weight that's going to lift me down, I got to let it go in my own personal life to reach. Because what happens when today looks too long at yesterday, we're borrowing from tomorrow's time. We're borrowing it from it. I don't want to get in a Bible meeting and talk about what happened back then. Let's talk about what God wants to do tomorrow or what he's doing today. And some of our lives, we got to get rid of that stuff. Otherwise, you'll, you'll kill you tomorrow. That's for me. That's personal for me. But for the church, that's what you're going to see. Reach 2016. That's why we're going to get and make, try to raise 2,000 pounds of food. Now, what we got to do, we got to get creative with it. We got to put notes together in our, in, our, in our neighborhoods and say, hey, or on our campus, hey, we want to collect for the food bank. Just bring this food here and we're going to collect it. And then we're going to party in March as we go down to help. We're going to do something because I don't want... Really, I don't want to judge our church on attendance. I want to judge our church by the impact of our community. And it's beyond these doors. Because faith is a journey, not an event. This is, I mean, experience. This is an experience, a Sunday morning experience. But really, the journey starts when we go outside these doors. And that's what it's about, reach. And we can all do it. That's why we're all, our kids are going to do it. 
university students are going to do it. Our teenagers are going to do it. We're all going to do it, and we're going to put food all around this building. We're going to celebrate. Then we're going to go down and help them on March, I think it's March 4th or 5th on a Saturday and help because they need our help. And whatever the next project is, it's going to be uncomfortable for a lot of us because at that point, we're going to be sharing the gospel a whole lot more. That's why we open the doors for another service. For you to invite people. What's your evangelism um, plan? You? Let me tell you why. 77% of the people who will come to church with new church plants and all that come from word of mouth, not by uh, um, a sticker or a mail out. It's from our mouths. When's the last time we open our mouths and say, hey, grab some, a can of food and come with me on Sunday? Yeah. That's not my, that's not my personality. Yeah, it is. You're Jesus. You're Jesus. You love Jesus. You, that's your DNA now. You have a new DNA strand. Amen? Okay. What I'm going to ask you to do, here's your challenge. So I want you to do. I want you to seek God with one word for you in 2016. One word. Now, I don't want you to use it without a Bible verse because it's not by my power, not by my might, but by whose spirit? God's spirit. His word is living and active. And when we read it, it empowers us to do that. All God's commandments are his enablements because he gives you the Holy Spirit to bring it to pass. One word. Because by God's power, he will empower that one word and you'll have accomplishment. You'll be surprised. That one word. Some of you, you don't know Jesus. That one word should be salvation. And you, start, and you start reading all the scriptures on salvation. Now, I'm going to give you a hint. Now, we have the new um, Bible app. You can go on our Bible, and you can, because some of y'all don't even know where Zechariah was, didn't you? Till you hit that button. There it is, right next. Oh, who's that Haggai guy? I know. It's okay. I'm going to give you some more verse you never heard of. <laughs> and he wants you. One word. Small thing. They make a big difference. Because often the small things that no one sees results in a big thing everyone wants. Everyone wants to see a full-blown Jesus walking, talking, acting believer today. Empowered. That when you lay hands upon someone to pray, they start to believe. It's always more than a Sunday thing. Yeah. Matthew 25, 21 says this. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over. Here's your promotion. Over much. But you got to start with the little. That's why we all start in kindergarten. So we can trust you in kindergarten and you get the real nice jacket. That's a nice jacket. First fruits to me. That's what the Bible. You ought to give me that. Just kidding. See, faithful in the small makes you promotable. Faithful in the small makes you promotable. Some of y'all, consistence, find that in the Bible. Faithfulness, find that in the Bible. Google it. Faithfulness in the Bible. Boom, all these scriptures. Grab that one scripture that will empower your life for this year. Find that one scripture. 
And what we're, one of the words we want to do here is when we call reach, that's why we want to worship a lot more. Stand. Let's all stand and worship. Because worship breaks down all the barriers in our lives. But here's a response as we close. That one word. That one word. And Father, I thank you for that one word that's seeding in our spirit.